Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles, the speak now of the chart world, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. We have a packed show. This is the second Pop Shop Podcast of the week. We broke down the MTV Video Music Awards earlier this week. Check that out on Billboard.com and on iTunes. But Keith, it is, it's is—it's a stacked chart week. This is like your favorite kind of week, right? Where there's like number one debuts and sales projections for next week's number one debut and crazy zooming from number 39 to number two on the Hot 100. It's, it's, it's got to be... It's like your Christmas, right? Um, you, I always love it when you when you say those things. Um, yes, <laughs> it is because um, this is this is it's one of those weeks where you have a big award show, big new releases, um, exciting um, chart movement. Um, it's kind of like the week after the Grammy Awards, where there's always lots of shakeups and and exciting moves on the charts. And obviously, this is one of them. Um, and we haven't actually said what those chart movements and exciting developments are yet because. Well, we're teasing you. <laughs> we are indeed teasing you. Before we get to everything going on this week on the charts, um, I want to point out that this is our first Pop Shop podcast without a special guest in a couple weeks. And the summer's winding down. I just want to uh, thank all the artists who have stopped by the Pop Shop podcast. This is actually the first summer the Pop Shop podcast has existed. We, we launched last October. And, you know, summer's always a fun time for music. We had people like Fifth Harmony and Nico and Vince and Hilary Duff and... Jesse J, Jack Antonoff, Robin Royksop, uh, Sean Mendez, Megan Trainer, I, I think, and oh, and Rixton, and, and they all came in and, and chatted with us. We had a great time, and we'll have more special guests coming up. But I just wanted to thank everyone for listening. It was a really fun summer. If you missed any of those interviews that we did, check them all out. They're all on iTunes and all on Billboard.com. So uh, yeah, here's to the fall, and fall is is kind of kicking off. It's not actually fall; it's still August. 27th right now it's you're going to be listening yet. to this it's still summer right? august 28th yeah. it is but it, it feels like fall because of what's going on in the charts because you know magic's rude uh rain is over rude falls to number five on the hot 100 and taking its place atop the hot 100 chart this week taylor swift's shake it off debuts at number one we talked about it last week on the pop shop podcast but it does indeed debut at number one only the 20 second song to debut atop the Hot 100. So let's talk about that for a second, Keith, how rare it is to debut at number one on the Hot 100. Only only 22 songs have done it over in over a thousand songs that have been number one on the chart. Um, why is it so rare? We, we talked about it a little bit last week, but why, why are there only 22 songs that have done this? Well, the, well. the, the long answer is, well, I... I'll try. I'll try to whittle this answer down. But basically, like anything, it's it's difficult to debut at number one because usually songs start off slow and then progressively build and build and build and become big hits down the road as you uh, gather more and more sales and more and more streams and you get more airplay. You move up the chart. Things move up. Um, you know, m- companies don't start as like the biggest company in the world. Um, you know, movies generally start as like the number one movie over the box office, but songs yeah. don't usually come out of the gate as the most popular song in the United States, period. On rare occasions, the stars align 
and can enable a song to debut at number one. Um, the, the first debut at number one didn't actually happen until 1995, um, believe it or not. Um, on September, on the, on the chart dated September 2nd, 1995, Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone became the first song to ever debut at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. And then we actually had like a hot streak for a couple years where they were like coming fast and furious up until 1998 where we had like a ton of number one debuts um, because of the way um, the industry worked at the time. Then um, in the 2000s, um, as the chart sort of settled down and we didn't really have sales driving the chart anymore and we had new chart rules in place, which are kind of hard to get into without sort of going into it, really going into it, the number one debuts kind of shrunk up. And in more recent years now with um, the way the chart works with digital sales and streaming data, um, it makes it more difficult to debut at number one, but it still happens on occasion. We've had a couple since 2009, um, and but this is the first one this year and the first since actually um, 2013. This is the first debut at number one since 2013. I don't know second- if I actually said anything that was actually like educational or if I just sort of <laughs> rambled. I learned a lot. Sure, you did. A ton. And it's the second straight Shake, Shaw, Shake Song excuse me, to debut at number one on the Hot 100. You are correct. The last one was Harlem Shake by Bauer. And, and that song debuted at number one mostly because of the viral phenomenon that it became on YouTube. That was the week that we introduced YouTube streaming data into the Billboard Hot 100, and that enabled Bauer to debut at number one. Um, so it was it was a perfect timing of events when we introduced YouTube into the chart. That was the same week that Harlem Shake like went nuts, and so that song debuted at number one. Um, and then eventually the song kind of caught up in terms of sales and airplay, but really initially it was a viral phenomenon. Taylor's case, it's huge in sales, huge in airplay, huge in streams across the board. It's 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 a popular song. It's not just popular in one metric. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that in terms of. Digital sales, streaming, and radio ads. It seems like kind of a perfect storm has happened. This song has only existed. It's its pretty unbelievable to think that this song has only been around for a week and a half. It seems like we've been bombarded with it in that time. In terms of streaming, you have the, the YouTube and Vivo video that everyone's talking about. Uh, radio, you hear it more and more, even in you know just nine or ten days of being released. And everyone, this is the fourth biggest digital song launch of all time. Uh, Keith, so, I, I mean, in terms of that, what, was it kind of inevitable that this was going to launch at number one? Not, not inevitable. It was likely, but not inevitable. Because, okay. <clears throat> because uh, initially, I think the sales forecast for the song was actually a little bit less than the, five, uh, the 540-ish that it did. Um, it, it, the song did a little bit better than than people expected, so that helped. It wasn't as big as "We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together's debut, and "We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together" was the first single from Taylor Swift's last album. So, on the one hand, it's done. Um, it, it did. It started less with fewer sales than the first single from her last album. So that's sort of a negative. But on the other hand, it had a great week in terms of airplay and streams because the video came out at the same time. And I don't think We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together's video came out on the same day as the song. It did not. Yeah, so things were staggered with the last release. And this was designed to kind of hit you over the head with everything at one time. So, you know, 
Taylor introduced the song itself existing, um, played it for everyone, and said it's available to buy. And here's the music video that you can go watch right now on YouTube. So it was like, boom, boom, boom. And normally, most songs have a boom, and then a boom later, and then another boom. <laughs> you know, um, They have a boom, and then a clap. There's a and boom, then... and a clap, and then another boom clap, and then um, another boom. And then Charlie XCX just reaps the rewards. Yes. So one thing that a lot of people have been asking us on Twitter, I don't know about you, I think you've been tagged in these questions on Twitter, is about Shake It Off not being on Spotify. And, you know, if uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, have checked Spotify, refreshed Spotify in the past week to see if Shake It Off is available for streaming yet on that platform. It is not. But that drives more sales, right? This is going to keep people going and actually spending the amount of money, $1.29, I guess, on iTunes to hear it over and over. Uh yeah yeah it's 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 i mean if you don't put something on spotify you know and the the general idea i mean we don't have an official answer from taylor swift or her record label about why it's not on spotify but the general idea would be oh if you want to listen to this you have to either listen to it on the radio listen to it on youtube or go buy the darn thing instead of just listening to it on spotify i mean ultimately all these things factor into the hot 100 but um you perhaps make more money this way if yeah. you you know hold it back from Spotify. And she isn't the only artist that has held back things from Spotify. Sam Smith kind of notably held back um, his album from Spotify for a long time. Um, and I think Billboard even wrote a story about that, about the, the machinations of that and, and why it happened. So my question, I guess, is why don't more people do this? Why, you know, you, you think about just this process logically and like you said we don't know if taylor swift or her label big machine has commented on this but in terms of not putting this song on spotify like like you said like this is going to drive people to both watch the video more which helps its streaming numbers as well as go to itunes and purchase it um same thing kind of happened with sam smith and stay with me which wasn't on spotify for months why so what yeah why don't more artists and more labels do this do you think this is kind of going to be the way it is going to be eventually i i don't know i don't have the answer for that i i really don't know i mean maybe there's some sort of um pure speculation maybe you know you have contracts with spotify that don't let you withhold just anything and they probably have to um be very selective about the artists that they hold back or maybe maybe taylor swift's contract with Big Machine and Universal enables her to not put things on Spotify. It, it, I think it probably depends on the contract of, of the artist yeah. and the agreement that they have, that the label has with Spotify. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of out of my element there. Yeah, no, I mean, I this is all conjecture. It, it is interesting, though, and obviously it is still kind of rare when you have an artist like, you know, Miley Cyrus, when We Can't Stop came out, that it was on Spotify the same day it came out. Same with someone like Ariana Grande. Problem came out pretty quickly. It's just interesting because I know a lot of people who are big pop fans are like, why is this song that is number one on the Hot 100 not on Spotify yet, not for streaming? Why can't I add it to my playlist? I Maybe because I, they I, want to make a little bit more money than the you know half a penny, half a penny, half a penny that they're going to oh, make for off sure. of Spotify. I mean, what's, yeah. what's the what's the pay rate on Spotify? Like a millionth of a cent or something ridiculous? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, it will be interesting to see if this is kind of the new normal where people say, hey, we're eventually going to put this on Spotify, but Shake It Off is 
only a week old. We want people to keep buying it. We want people to keep streaming it and, and watching the video because there's ads there too. And we'll see what happens. And I, I mean, look, it, it totally makes sense because like you said, n- not men, not much money is being given to the artist, to the label on Spotify. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, stuff like that, little details like that fascinate me. And uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure that Shake It Off eventually will be added to Spotify like the rest of Taylor Swift's albums. Um, so my my last question about Shake It Off and its number one debut, can this song stick at number one for multiple weeks on end, or will it fall off after this initial sales rush, after everyone in the first week says, oh my goodness, Taylor Swift has a new single, I have to buy it. What, what do you think is going to happen? Well, the sales are going to collapse. Not I mean not like fall off the face of the planet, but considering that she had such a big week, a big debut week, it's only natural that the song is going to have a big drop in its second week. Um, I'm quickly bringing up how We Are Never Ever did in terms of its first and second week. Yeah. Just to compare. It debuted with 623,000 and then it fell to 307,000 in its second week. So it actually didn't drop by a huge chunk. Um, I mean, comparatively, uh, it, it did but it lost half. But still, that was a significant drop-off. I think this is going to have a um, just as big of a drop-off where it's going to drop by hundreds of thousands of units. Um, so, And its airplay, though, is already huge, and its streams are already huge. So I have the feeling that it will probably hold on probably for another week, um, if not two more weeks. Um, we Are Never Ever Getting Back Together was, spent three weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, non-consecutively, actually. I yeah. think its first two were in a row, and then it st- stepped away, and then it came back to number one. It's a little unfortunate, um, you know, because if you're a chart watcher, you've you've noticed how Megan Trainor's All About That Bass was knocking on number one's door. And this knock, week... Knock, knocking on number one's door. Yeah, and this week it actually had a big gain, and it, it, it would had it not been... For Taylor Swift, and then the song at number two, which we have not talked about, had it not been for those two songs, Megan Trainor would have been number one this week on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, so, if if Taylor suddenly everything collapses and she loses all of her sales, maybe, and the song at number two, which will probably have a natural decline in in points as well because of reasons we'll explain in a moment, maybe Megan could be number one next week. Um, but I yeah. think Megan could be number one in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks if she holds on and if Taylor declines at the at the erosion rate that we expect her to decline at. Yeah, it is interesting because yeah, like you said, if this had if Taylor Swift and the number the number two song, which we'll get to in a second, had just held off for one more week, Megan Trainer would have been number one probably. It's almost like to to go to dig into my bag of sports metaphors. It's almost like a very good baseball team uh, net or made it to the World Series, but they met like a dynasty, like the, one of the greatest teams of all time, uh, and it just was no contest. Like, you know, you, you can't, it's just so hard to compete with a Taylor Swift lead single debuting um, with the, the biggest debut of the year. Yeah, by the way, um, we haven't talked about it, but um, Max Martin uh, co-wrote this song. Max Martin, who has oh yeah, written. and we this was a chart. All right, let's let's do a chart stat of the week callback <laughs> to a couple weeks ago. Let's do it, man. Yeah, let's do it. It's it's it's, it's sort of a callback to a chart stat of the week that we talked about a few weeks ago when Max Martin, um, we said that Bang Bang, uh, which was the Jesse J Ariana Grande Nicki Minaj track, um, uh, hit the top ten. That was his like forty eighth top ten hit. Um, I think he's since had a forty ninth top ten. 
and we, we pontificated. We said, well, if Bang Bang can go to number one, then that would give him his 18th number one single as a songwriter, breaking him out of a tie with Mariah Carey, uh, who has 17 number ones as a songwriter, to become you know the, the, the songwriter with the third most number one hits. Well, Bang Bang hasn't got a number one, but Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, which Max Martin co-wrote, debuts at number one, giving Max Martin his 18th number one hit as a songwriter. And the only two songwriters who have had more number one hits now are Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Um, wow. So, um, yeah, that's kind Paul of Paul McCartney, John Lennon, Max Martin. Pretty pretty incredible. So congrats to him. Congrats to Taylor Swift. It's, uh, I, you know, we're going to be playing the song. We're going to be talking about this song for months and months on this Pop Shop podcast. I hope you're ready, Keith. <laughs> yeah. I am. <laughs> I am. All right. So now that we um, we have so much more to talk about, it's it's kind of a stacked week. It's almost a good thing that we don't have a special guest because we have to talk about so much more. Nicki Minaj. Anaconda zooms to number two on the Hot 100, right behind Shake It Off. There's that song Goes. that we didn't want to talk about that was number two, and we were teasing know, you. we were it's, teasing it's, it. It's the Anaconda. It slithers right up the chart. It strikes. It bites at number two. Uh, so many more snake puns, puns to come. Puns. Puns on puns. Uh, it was number 39 last week. It is number two this week. And is this all because of the music yes. video? It's, 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 well, I mean, it, the sales were, were strong, too, but it was really all about the video we were doing the math and had the video not been a factor the song wouldn't have even been in the top 10 <clears throat> okay which but but this happens a lot when we see music videos premiere and, and we talked about this in the past few weeks with um you know uh ariana grande's uh, break free break free yeah. and uh black widow black widow yeah both of them jumped to the top 10 thanks to the video and it makes sense it just makes sense anaconda was such a pop culture talking point in the past week between um, just the, the the song itself, and the Sir Mix a Lot sample, and then the video was so controversial and so racy and so Drakey, and then you have <laughs> Nikki's VMA performance with the wardrobe malfunction that may or may not have been um, it, a conspiracy uh, malfunction. Uh, it, may, it may not even been a malfunction; it may have just been Nikki wanting to like you know fool us. Uh, if you believe, like if, if you believe TMZ. So all of that added up to a lot of excitement around Anaconda. And, of course, she also set the record for, I think, one-day one day views on Vivo. She broke Miley Cyrus's record for the most uh, most views of a video in 24 hours. Um, so all that adds up to a huge jump on the Hot 100. Nicki Minaj jumps to number two with Anaconda. So when we started talking about this song three or four weeks ago, we kind of – it was it, it debuted in the top 20, I believe – and then we were like, ah, we don't know if this is going to be a long-lasting hit. It's kind of like a novelty. It has a Sir Mix-a-Lot right. sample. Again, this is only its third week on the chart, so it's not like we've. it's been around for a very long time. That's true. Yep. That's true. So three weeks ago, we said that we don't know if it's going to be around for a while because it could be just a fluke novelty hit. Yeah, I mean, but now it's number two. It has, you know, the the music video, say what you will about it, uh, it it, it certainly got people watching and certainly got people interested in the song. And it had, yeah, the, the 24-hour Vivo record now belongs to Nicki Minaj, graciously passed on from Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. And, yeah, I, I mean, what do you think? I, this this song is number two now because of the video. Do you think, same kind of question I asked about Shake It Off, do you think it can stay there? Will it fall off? Um, are the sales getting you know, increasing week after week is radio latching on. What, what do you think? 
okay i will just start That's a talking. lot of questions i will talk i will start talking about anaconda and then you can jump in and tell me to stop um well it, it, it's again all about the video as i said it wouldn't be in the top 10 had it not been for the video the song is not even on the top 50 um of the 50 position deep radio songs chart which is the most popular songs across all genres of radio it's just below the bottom of the chart um okay so it had 20, nearly 25 million in audience on the radio. It had a 34% gain in radio. So that's good. It's still gaining in radio. Sales are yeah. actually pretty strong. I mean, they're not Taylor Swift strong, but they're actually strong. And then the streams are obviously enormous. Now, will those streams hold on? Like, will this video become a wrecking ball video where more, like, people that don't normally watch videos? Will they start watching this video just because it becomes a meme? You know, like, will this become more than just a song? Will it become a like entertainment like movement? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like it becomes bigger than the song, and that's that's when you know that you really have something unique. And it's kind of like you know, can this be her next super bass? Because super bass or starships? I mean, super bass really was the pop culture moment. Starships was a hit for Nikki, but. I don't think it really quite approached the super bass, you know, ubiquity. Um, ubiqui- yeah. Ubiquitousness? I'm not even sure either one of those are words, but you get the idea. Ubiquity is a word. And Nikki still hasn't had a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100, believe it or not. Um, she's, she's, she's gone really close, but she's never had a number one on her own, or not even with anyone else. She's yeah. gotten to number three. Two now. Hey, by the way, this is her biggest charting hit. I should have known yeah. that. She hasn't been any higher um, than number two, and this is now her highest charting hit ever is uh, shake, uh, shake It Off. Why am I saying that? I'm crazy, Jason. Start talking. <laughs> Take it over. Take it over. As Keith collects his bearings Jesus. mentally and physically. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought is that I didn't think she had a number one hit, and now she's getting ever closer. Uh, you have to wonder again. It's just kind of a timing thing if Taylor Swift – didn't debut at number one if shake it off came out this week instead of last week maybe anaconda becomes her improbable first number one song just because of the music video yeah um it would have i mean that's that's why we love doing this that's why we love saying if it hadn't been for this this person could have been number one i mean all this reminds me i mean all this reminds me of a lot of things but it reminds me um funny funnily enough Back in 1998, when Titanic, the Titanic soundtrack was number one yeah. for like five, 18 trillion weeks on the Billboard 200 chart. <laughs> and um, the the person who I worked for then, uh, who was the director of charts, Jeff Mayfield, managed the Billboard 200. I now manage that chart. And he was getting phone calls on the regular through Titanic's run from people asking him about Pearl Jam or Madonna who both debuted at number two on the yeah. on the Billboard 200 behind they Titanic. They that ship. And then they would ask things like, so had it not been for Titanic, Madonna would have been number one. And he's like, well, yeah, but duh. And they're like, well, can, can you say that? And he's like, oh, come on. But that's the hook. People like to talk about, had it not been for Titanic, Pearl Jam would have been number one. Had it not been for Taylor, Nikki finally would have had her first number one. I'm like, well, yeah. But that's that's the beauty of this. That's just the way... It works. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, all I'll say is players going to play and haters going to hate, hate and whatever you can do to rationalize 
a number two not being a number one, you just got to shake it off. It, it's going to be okay. Um, my last note is that, as I said at the top of the show, Magic's Rude falls to number five on the Hot 100. And Gary Trust noted in his Hot 100 breakdown. And if, if you haven't read this, if you're listening to this, check out Billboard.com. Uh, Gary Trust of the Charts World does a, such a great job at explaining Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj and everything going on in the top ten this week. Uh, check way that better out. than my rambling spiel a few minutes ago. By the way. No, no, no. You're rambling. no, no. Really, it's okay. It's, it's, it's all right. This is it's, it's Gary's expertise. Yeah, but this is so. Back to magic. Uh, Rude goes from number one to number five, and it's actually a pretty steep drop. It's, it's usually when you fall out of the top spot, you go to number two, number three. Uh, it, it drops all the way down to number five, and it really feels like. It feels like symbolic of like like I said, summer's just done, man. I mean, rude and and fancy kind of dominated the Hot 100 this summer, both number one for weeks on end, and now that's fallen off. It's Taylor Swift's time to shine. Nicki Minaj right behind her, both albums coming out before the end of the year. It uh, it's almost like a changing of the guard. Um, I, I'm a little sad about this. I like that. I, I mean, you guys in LA have warm weather all, all the time. In New York is going to get cold in like a month or two. I'm 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 a little sad. I'm a little glum, man. Well, don't live in New York then. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. That's that's the advice. simple answer. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on. Well, that that was a, a pretty comprehensive breakdown of Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj, and the rest of the top ten. Yeah. Of the Hot 100. Um. So moving over to the albums chart, Wiz Khalifa scores his first number one album in three tries. Black Hollywood debuts atop the Billboard 200 album chart. How much did it sell, Keith? Why, it sold... <laughs> it, it sold... 90,000 copies in 90, the weekend copies. August 24th, according to Nielsen Soundscan. It's his um, lowest uh, debut uh, out of his three albums, but... In terms of sales. In terms of sales, um, obviously, because this is his first number one. Um, but, you know... Who cares? You're, it's just, it's your, it's, it's, it, I mean, I care, but I mean, you know, he's, but he's number one. So yeah, if it's his, you know, it's his least successful opening week in terms of sales, but it's his most successful in terms of chart position. It's funny how that works out. I really want you to like start writing like this, like really like, crappily. Oh, it's his lowest sales week, but who cares? Um, I think it'd be fun. Just be the like the nihilistic chart. No, dude. I'm not going to dumb down my <laughs> writing to make it sound like the way I talk, which is often not very intelligent. Oh, come on! You mean intelligently? Um, so this Shut is a small. <laughs> God, I tease. I kid. Um, so this is so this is just kind of good timing for him because, like you said, it's his smallest uh, sales figure yet. Um, he debuted. In I think 2011 was his first album, and then he had one at the end of 2012. Um, and then, but but yeah, so 90,000 is his lowest sales debut. But number one, just because all yeah. about the timing. You picked the it, right week to put out the album. Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a sleepy week in terms of other debuts. Chase Rice, a uh, tribute to Motley Crue, Nashville Outlaws. Oh yeah, which I have not heard, but I want to hear that album. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry, that's me doing Dr. Feelgood. You should really listen to the cover of Dr. Feelgood on the album. Have you heard it? Okay, I, I, I'm i really interested in this. I, I saw, I've seen Motley Crue live, and 
I would like to listen to Nashville Outlaws, the tribute to Motley Crue. Yeah, there's, um, there's, there's, there's a number of people on it. Um, sorry, I, I, I really, really like Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood album um, a lot. Um, really? Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's great. It's a great, great album. Uh, same old situation, Dr. Feelgood, Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away, um, Without You. Um, it's a great album. And I mean, Motley Crue has a lot of great singles and, and great work, period. But the, the, the covers album is fun just because it has all these country acts covering Motley Crue. So you have people like, you know, Leanne Rimes on the album, Florida Georgia yes. Line. Uh, Rascal Flats is doing Kickstart like My Heart, um, and then but the but the but the particular cover that I thought was really unique. I mean, they're all interesting. Is the Mavericks doing Doctor Feelgood? Um, I can't even describe what it sounds like. You just have to listen to it because um, it's it's unexpected. Yeah, I'm really interested in this and debuts in the top ten this week. Um, going back to Wiz Khalifa just for a second, uh, how have the singles from that album done? <clears throat> because if you think about Wiz Khalifa. He had a number one hit, the 999th number one hit of the Hot 100's history right before Born This Way became the thousandth number one back in 2011. Uh, Black and Yellow was his number one hit, and uh, since then he has had some moderate single success. Uh, Lead and Boys was the big hit from this album, but how, how have these singles done? Well, you just said it. We Dim Boys would be the big hit from this album. It went to number 43 on the Hot 100. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of hit and miss when it comes to pop hits because he's 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 a, a core hip-hop artist, and he has he's dabbled a little bit in terms of pop hits. Um, he's only had five top tens on the Billboard Hot 100. Black and Yellow was number one. Uh, no Sleep went to number six. Um, five O'Clock which was a T-Pain record, but it featured Wiz Khalifa, went to number yeah. 10. Uh, Young, Wild, and Free. That which was a big was, hit. Yeah, yeah, it was a big hit. It was Snoop and Wiz featuring Bruno Mars. It helps when you have Bruno to sing the hook. Went to number seven. He was featured on Payphone, Rune 5's number two hit. And oh, yeah. Wow. It, forgot about that I one. totally forgot about that. But okay. he hasn't had a top 10 since Payphone back in 2012. So, but, you know, he's still he's still significant, and he still has hits. It's just, it's, it's far and few between where you find those kind of breakthrough pop hits because... Just because. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's been, I think that I, I remember when Black and Yellow came out, and I think he was so, so, so surprised that that song took off. I just remember him, he gave an interview, I think it, it might have been with Billboard, just saying, like, uh, it might have been with me, actually, uh, just saying, like, I I have such bigger hits than Black and Yellow in the can. Like, I this is just like the prelude to what's coming from me and then you know it's just so hard to predict these things because you know he's had top 10 hits like you said since then but no other number one singles. it was so. a pop culture moment you know yeah black it was and yellow, black. it was a pop culture moment and um th- this has nothing to do with necessarily chart performance but i just want to say whenever i've had whenever i've had the opportunity to speak to Wiz khalifa um on red carpets um and usually it's with him and amber rose at the same time He's he's so nice and so cool and chatty and he just talks about whatever and he talks about he's just really cool to talk to. I mean, I know we're just talking about charts and stuff, but I just thought I'd volunteer that no, it's always like very, very to talk nice, to him and Amber. Very, very nice guy. Yeah. Um if you want to go back into the archives of Billboard.com, I did a live Q and A with him Ooh. in early two thousand eleven. Babyface Jason uh, rocking a, a suit and or not a, a suit and tie, but a, a nice jacket. shirt and a tie. Um, <laughs> and also one other one other 
<laughs> one other Wiz Khalifa anecdote. I was at the listening session for his second album, O-N-I-F-C, and Wiz Khalifa brought out the literally the biggest blunt I've ever seen in my entire life and just started smoking it while the album was being played back. Um, <coughs> and, you know, wow. he's, he's known as a, a pro-marijuana artist and gentleman, and I've never seen a bigger blunt than the one Wiz Khalifa was carrying around on that night. Uh, yeah, I'm... Hmm. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Moving on to next week's Billboard 200 albums chart. So the big release of this week, Ariana Grande with her sophomore album, My Everything. And I, I want to spend some time next week kind of talking about Ariana Grande and this album. Uh, my review of it is up on Billboard.com. Check that out. Uh, Keith, you are writing about My Everything and its sales projection today. And what is that sales projection at this time? Um, I believe I told you that it was going to be 160, if not a little bit more, I believe, was the number I quoted. 160 to 180? Yes. 180,000. Not, not 160 copies. That would be that would be devastating. Yeah, 160. That's like Robin Thicke in Australia copies. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, hey, um, no worries. Yeah, so it's going to do like 160,000, if not more. We'll have a more exact figure. Um as the days tick by, because you know how this stuff works. You know, you have one figure on Wednesday, and that totally changes the very next day once you have, you know, more sales under your belt, so to speak. Um, comparatively, her last album did 138,000 in its first week. So, um, not a huge jump compared to the last album. Um, but um, there you go. Yeah. So, let, let, me, let me ask you about this number. And like I said, I, I want to kind of save. This topic for next week, we're going to talk about Ariana. So you're going to ask me about it, but we're going to save it, too. Yeah, I'm going to ask about it and save it, but just just really quickly, because we're already running over. Um, This is a little bit underwhelming if this number holds, right? Just because if you think about someone like Ed Sheeran, if you think about someone like Lana Del Rey, which was, I think she did like 170,000. Ed Sheeran did a little over 200,000. I feel like Ariana Grande has gotten much more exposure than them just in terms of the pop hits like problem and break break free as well as bang bang as well as the award show performances i mean i guess we'll see what happens when the number is is yeah all set in stone but i I feel like this is a little bit disappointing right am i off base mm, on that a little bit if you're comparing her to lana del rey and ed sheeran who are album artists lana del rey still really doesn't have a, like true hit singles like she doesn't have sing- hit singles in the terms of like problem like our yeah, honest problem yeah lana del rey had a fluke hit with the remix of summertime sadness yeah. um but she is seen as an album artist she is we talked about this before ed sheeran um yes he does have hit singles but really he's seen as like a singer songwriter that has a body of work that really speaks true. True. ariana grande is a pop singles artist you know, she is very much like, you know, a Mariah Carey or a Madonna or, you know, a Katy Perry, where it's, you know, the pop diva with a, a whole swath of different kinds of sounds on one album, you know, with a bunch of different guest stars. It's very pop singles oriented, and that doesn't sell albums. Now, also to compare, her last album probably sold a little bit more than it should have, um, all things considered. Because the the because I asked this question too, and I pondered it for a moment, and then realized after speaking to people that that last album it had like a sale price of I think like seven ninety nine, like it was discounted oh, in its first week. Okay. And I don't know if folks remember, but towards the end of Yours Truly, which was her first album, towards the end of its first week, it was discounted to like three ninety nine 
on her website and she had this offer going where if you bought the digital copy, you could get the opportunity to like meet her at a Christmas party. And cause, cause she was up against, um, the, Nine Inch Nails. No, no, uh, the Braxton, not the Braxton, um, the and Tamar Braxton. Yeah, Tamar was, Braxton. Yeah. She was up against Tamar Braxton and there was this thought there was, they were, they were sort of in a race for number one and they pulled out all the stops. So Ariana probably sold a little bit more, probably like 10,000 more than she probably was going to. Interesting. So, if you think of it that way, she's actually doing you know quite a bit better. But at the same time, she's also still a pop female star that is a pop singles artist that they just don't sell a lot of albums anymore. Yeah. And when I say you know underwhelming, I, I just mean in comparison to yours truly. Obviously, this is a bigger number. This probably will be a bigger number than yours truly. It's probably going to be a number one debut, and uh, we'll talk about all that next week. So, Keith, we are uh, we're running out of time, but before we go. It is time for your chart stat of the week. Hey, okay. So um, instead of doing a chart stat of the week based on uh, Thursday, which is I normally talk about, you know, on this day, Thursday in history, I yep. thought I would do a different day because that's a little bit limiting sometimes. So um, I'm going to take us all the way back to 1980. On August 30th, 1980, so if you're listening to this over the weekend, it'll be perfect. Um, on August 30th, 1980, Christopher Cross, remember Christopher yes. Cross? Oh, yeah. The the so-called king of yacht rock, uh, hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with his smooth sailing single. Uh, the song would help Cross win all four of the top Grammy Awards the following of the following year. Uh, the only artist to ever do so in the history of the Grammy Awards to win all four of the top categories in the same year. He won for Album of the Year, Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best New Artist. Yes. Um, and also, famously, a few years ago, uh, Jimmy uh, Fallon had Christopher Cross come on as his musical guest and uh, sing uh, a song. Uh, the name of which has just fallen out of my head, but it's it, okay. It features Michael McDonald uh, singing the chorus, and Michael McDonald came on and was a surprise to Christopher Cross. Clearly, was not expecting Michael McDonald to appear next to him all of a sudden in the middle of the song because if, <laughs> if you watch the video, it's hilarious. Um, and Ride like the wind is the song I'm trying to think of. Yeah, which one's number two? But uh, if you should go seek out that video, but still, back in 1980, this week, Christopher Cross. Hit number one with Sailing, and it's a fun song, and it was a, it was a great time for music. <sighs> you could say he really helped Yacht Rock cross over. Cross over? Cross over. <gasps> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Keith, thank you for that Charts Out of the Week. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really glad I had to say that twice. Um, man, I'm. Uh, this has been a, a fast and loose show. I, I, I blame it on it being the second Pop Shop podcast. Yeah, the I think all, I think all the really good stuff we 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 threw away in the VMA podcast. So if you're listening to this now, if you made it all the way through, <laughs> go back and listen to the VMA podcast. It's really so much better than the yeah, thing. Yeah, if we you're just listening did. to this all the way through, you're probably shaking your head at both of us. Yeah, and- I'm waiting for the for the man. You guys did really crappy this week. I'm never going to tune in again for that free podcast. Oh, that would that would be a shame. That because, would be a shame. Uh, Next week on the Pop Shop Podcast, we will talk about Ariana Grande's My Everything, the official sales number, and break that album down a little bit. 
We'll also be talking about um, a couple other things, in, including I, I kind of want to do like a summer wrap-up because next week is Labor Day, so that's it, kind of like the official end of summer. Uh, we might do some winners and losers of the summer as well as a little bit of a fall music preview. You have that to listen to next week on the Pop Shop Podcast. Keith, do you have any parting words? Um, ride like the wind. Ride like the wind we shall. And here is what Ride Like the Wind to play you out on the Pop Show Podcast. Thanks for listening and take care. Love along the space.